0: Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the kingdom of heaven has for us let's join our host ruth hendrickson for real truth with ruth as we dive into the word of god hi everyone welcome back today's topic we're going to talk about those moments where we do the right thing and yet it looks like everything goes wrong can you relate just take a moment And think back to some time when you know you made the right decision, you know you were doing the right thing, or maybe even you were just minding your own business, but then all hell broke loose and things again just didn't go the way that you anticipated or the way that you planned. So before we dive into that, I want to welcome everyone. It's so good to have you with us today. My name is Ruth Hendrickson. I run a ministry called RHM International. It is our heart. To see the body of Christ really equipped and walking in who God's called them to be, who God's called you to be, to really have the healing and the wholeness. So I want to invite you to go to the website. It's ruthhendrickson.org. Take a look around. We have a lot of resources on there for you. And it is also the place, if you need some emotional healing or deliverance, it's the place where you can connect with the International Mashaw team, which is our inner healing and deliverance ministry. And so you can find all the details for that on there too, because you know what, we need to get free of that stuff that holds us back. So again, the website is ruthhendrickson.org. And I want to invite you to join the family while you're there. Sign up for our email list—only one to two emails a week. We don't want to bombard you, but uh, we would love to have you be part of the family. So feel feel free to join us. Okay, here we go. Let's dive into the word. Let's learn. Let's grow together. Let's see what the Lord says, so that next time we know we're doing the right thing, but everything seems to go wrong, we can get our footing and we know what to do and we know where to stand. So. Um, You know, I I think of times, I I think of one time I was actually at work and there was something that needed to be done and and I went down, I had a meeting, I, I went off site for the meeting. There were all sorts of assumptions made while I was off site. Why were the assumptions made? because they didn't have the whole story. They didn't know what I was doing and where I was. And because of that, I got into all sorts of trouble. And to me, it was an integrity issue. It was really actually quite difficult to walk through. But as I was looking at this teaching, I realized that they didn't really have the full story. And so because of the assumptions being made is what got me into trouble, even though I was actually doing the right thing in the moment. But let's dive into the word of God. Let's find an example. So I went to Acts 16. Now. Here we have Paul and Silas, they're walking along and they're going to pray. And you can just say right now, they're going to pray. That's so what they're doing. They, they're going to go pray. They want to spend time with the Lord. But in the process of making this journey, walking along, talking, or maybe they were already getting to pray. We don't know, but they were walking along. There was movement as they, they were going to pray. Again, just say they were going to pray. And what happens in the midst of this journey is a demon-possessed girl begins to follow them. and, And she begins shouting. She begins making a ruckus. And so let's look at that part of scripture. Again, it's found in Acts 16, beginning with verse 16. One day we were going down to the place of prayer. See that one day? It's just one day. It's what they were doing, okay? One day, this is what we do. One day we were going down to that place of prayer. We met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Instantly, it left her. Her master's hope of wealth were now shattered so they grabbed Paul and Silas, dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They were teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. Okay, number one, they were going about their everyday business day after day. Because you notice it says one day as they were going down to the house of prayer. But then in verse 18, it says this went on day after day. So each day as they went down to pray, what was happening is this this girl with the demon was walking along behind them shouting that they were servants of the most high God. The demon was shouting truth. I want you to catch that. The demon was shouting truth. But in the middle of that, there was another agenda going on, trying to stir up a ruckus, okay? So the demon, you know, what she's shouting is these men are servants of the most high God and they've come to tell you how to be saved. And so, um, you know, again, they were walking along, going to pray, going to spend time with the Lord. And she followed them. Okay, she was not invited along on that journey. She just followed them. She invited herself, or you could say the demonic invited her. Now, again, I want you to see that the demonic within her were seeing what Paul and Silas carried. And the demonic were looking to cause trouble, even though they were speaking the truth. The ulterior motive or the agenda of the demonic was to cause trouble. Now, I find it very interesting that Paul and Silas, they didn't immediately deliver her from that evil spirit. We're told, again, this went on day after day. I just find that interesting. The entire time this was going on, they had the authority to drive out the demon. They had the authority to deliver her. But I also want to suggest that it's possible that they had an ear tuned to heaven and knew it was at the time because they waited. And that's really an important key when you're doing deliverance ministry, because you can see that somebody needs to be delivered, but we need to step back and ask the Holy Spirit if it is time for that deliverance to take place. Okay, very, very important. We don't know why they didn't cast out that demon immediately. Of course, again, they could have, but they did not. We don't know that. Scripture doesn't reveal that portion of it. Um, I do find That it's very interesting that when Paul finally did do the deliverance, that it was out of exasperation. He was just sick of it. He had enough. He he was tired of that shout going on behind him and the ruckus that was created. So basically, he got so annoyed with the demon that he exercised his heavenly authority. Whether or not it was God's time, I don't know. But he got so annoyed that he, he he reached into the throne room of heaven and exercised that authority that he carried and that the demon knew that he carried, which is very, very interesting because if the demon had stayed silent, it's possible this girl wouldn't have gotten delivered. But because the demon was speaking truth, even with an ulterior motive, and Paul gets really annoyed, he goes and he does the deliverance eventually. Now, because... He operated out of that spirit of just being frustrated, of being exasperated, of just being done with it. It's possible that it's not God's perfect timing, okay? However, what I'm going to say is that we know that because of the outcome, that God backed him up, okay? That's what we know. So there's a lot of questions there, like with the timing component and all that. But the main thing I want you to hear is he didn't do it immediately, even though we don't know why. What we do know is that there is a timing component for when the deliverance is to take place. It could be even because God was seeing the end of it and that uh, you know where this was going to go, things that Paul and Silas couldn't even see, lives that were still to be touched, that there needed this, this ruckus needed to stir for a while, to marinate for a while, because God was seeing a bigger picture than what Paul and Silas could see in the moment. It's just interesting to think about. So if we stop right here, you know, we rejoice for the girl, she's set free. And what's interesting, the scripture doesn't tell us anything else about her. It doesn't tell us what happened to her after this or anything. The narrative actually moves to her owners who are not upset because, (laughs) how can I put this? They are upset because they have lost their source of income. They would rather see this individual, this girl, remain in bondage to feed their financial appetite than to see her set free because of what it costs them. So what do they do? Out of their anger, they create this false narrative or this false accusation against Paul and Silas. They go and they drag them in front of the authorities and, and claim, just say claim, they claimed that the entire city was in an uproar. Now, remember, what were Paul and Silas doing when this whole thing started? They were going to pray. They were walking along on their way to pray. That's it. That's all they were guilty of, so to say. But the owner shouted as they shouted the accusations. What happened is a mob actually did begin to form. I want to state something here that whenever you join a movement, make sure you do the background check, make sure you check the facts, make sure you know what they represent, make sure you know what they're, what they're shouting about, make sure you know what the agenda is. Because right here, we have a mob forming based on part of the story, based on false accusations rather than on the truth. And that is a word for us today as we join all these various movements, make sure, We know what's behind them. There's been so many people who have joined certain movements and I've said to them, do you know what that movement stands for? And they're like, no, I didn't look it up. You need to, you need to, because actually what's behind the movement goes 100% against the word of God on the surface. It might look good and right and wonderful, but actually what's going on behind is very destructive to the body of Christ and to the kingdom agenda and to the value of people. And so you know, here we have, again, the mobs being formed because of false accusations, but the people don't stop to get the whole story. It's just this feeding frenzy that begins to go on. So um, let me say this. What happens when we just join with a crowd? When we look for the, what the majority is doing, it will often lead us away from Jesus rather than to him key point to remember when you feel that getting stirred up and you want that just the spirit and everything's starting to stir you have to step back and say is this leading to Jesus or away from him all right so as a result of this mob remember it all came from false accusations what were Paul and Silas doing they were on their way to pray okay the owners were making false accusations but this mob forms Okay, it grows in strength. The, the frenzy just gets whipped up. And so the result of that is without any questions being asked, they're stripped. They're beaten, not just beaten, but severely beaten, all because of a false accusation. And, of course, they're thrown into prison. Now, I want to in, interject here that the demonic had a plan. Remember when that girl... Was saying these are servants of the most high God. They were speaking the truth, but there was an agenda behind it. Remember that. Because right now, it looks like that demonic agenda, what was behind it, has come to pass. And that that this battle has been won by the demonic realm. You see, the demons often forget that God has the final say. Just say that right now, the demonic often forget that God has the final say. So let me summarize the rest of the story for time. So in the midst of pain, in the midst of their bleeding wounds, in the middle of a rat infested prison, in the middle of a dark hole, in the middle of being chained up, in the middle of being uncomfortable, what do Paul and Silas do? They begin to worship. You guys know that they begin to worship because of the choice, just say choice, because of their choice to worship. What happens, and it's not wimpy little worship, okay, I believe they really call their whole being into worship in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the false accusation. Physical pain, beaten, severely beaten, open wounds, stripped, chained, shackled, they begin to radically worship. Because of this choice to worship, the other prisoners get to listen in. What are Paul and Silas doing? They're changing the atmosphere of the prison. They're making a choice not to become part of the atmosphere of the prison, but to change the atmosphere of the prison. You see, when things don't go our way or feel like they're not going our way, we have a choice to make as to what atmosphere we're going to step into and what truth we're going to believe and who is responsible for the ultimate outcome, even if we are falsely accused. Where are we going to stand? Who are we going to believe? What are we going to do? They made a choice to worship. Again, the prisoners listened in. Maybe some of them even joined in. You know, we never know who's watching and we never know whose lives going to be saved. The good times, the bad times, and even those times when we're falsely accused or the demonic seem to be winning the day. God has the final say. That worship that Paul and Silas were doing it released just not Paul and Silas, but it released every single prisoner. The same prisoners that were in that jail who were listening to Paul and Silas worship, their chains fell off also. The power of worship, it's, it's, we often talk about it breaking off our chains. But what happened here is it broke off the chains of the entire prison community whether or not they were worshiping, it didn't matter. Every single prisoner was impacted by the choice that Paul and Silas made to worship in the midst of false accusations and in the midst of their pain. I'm pretty sure for the other prisoners in their heads, they were starting to do a calculation. Worship of God equals chains coming off. Worship of God equals change coming off. You see, Before Paul and Silas were thrown into prison, there were no chains coming off. Paul and Silas come in and shift an atmosphere so much that God sends an earthquake and the chains of every single prisoner come off. Do you hear me? When we worship, the chains come off. They don't just come off us, but it is possible that they will come off those around us. Never worship from a place of trying to hide. Never worship from a place of hesitancy. Allow your spirit to rise up. Allow your focus to shift. Allow it to come forth with the power that is behind worship, the power to shift the atmosphere, the power to change the mindset, the power to break the chains. So let's take this a step further. Again, when we worship, we never know the impact. Um, So not only did the chains fall off Paul and Silas and they fell off all the prisoners, but apparently the jailer had either slept through the shaking or he, the shaking awoken him. And he was just clearing his head and starting to put the pieces together. And, and with that, as he starts to put the pieces together, however, you know, however this all happened, if it was after the shaking, if the shaking woke him, whatever, he knows he's done. OK, so he draws a sword to go to kill himself because he figures the doors are open. And the prisoners have all escaped because what do you do when the chains fall off and you're in prison? You do a jailbreak, right? The power of the atmosphere, the power of God kept all, just say all, all the prisoners in place because God was not finished yet. There was a whole nother family that he wanted to touch. A whole nother family that needed to hear the word of God. And so the Holy Spirit goes and alerts Paul and he saves the jailer's life by shouting out to him that they're all still there and just say they're all still there. makes no sense in the natural. They're all still there. So remember that demon hiding out in the girl, following Paul and Silas, trying to create havoc. The owners making false accusations, stirring up the mob, which resulted in Paul and Silas being severely beaten, thrown in prison, and all that. The result of that, the prisoners see the power of God, the jailer sees the power of God, and the jailer's family sees the power of God. and. Paul and Silas are rescued. You see, when that slave girl began to follow Paul and Silas, when Paul got annoyed and delivered her, when the owners made all the accusations, Paul and Silas didn't know what was going to happen when they got arrested. They didn't know what was going to happen. They felt the pain of the beating. They they felt the darkness and the dampness and the, and the, the yuck, the smells. They smelled the smell of prison. And yet they kept a focus towards God. And because of that, God was saying, yes, you were falsely accused. You're followed. You got annoyed. You were falsely accused. You've been beaten and thrown in prison. But There's a purpose in all of this. Sometimes when we are falsely accused, God will take what is meant to destroy and turn it around to impact the lives of others and to let us see his provision and his presence. Okay, but we can't get stuck in the woe is me. We can't get stuck in the anger of the false accusation. When I got falsely accused that day, I got stuck in the anger for a while. It took me quite a while to get to the point of really forgiving, of worshiping and praising. It looks like Paul and Silas went boom. That shift came so quick where they went to the, the worship and the shifting of the atmosphere. Many saw the power of God. You know, Psalm 107, I, as we wrap it up, I just want to read you portions of it. It begins right out. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. And then I want to go down and and it it talks about so often, like it says, someone wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died. Lord help, they cried in their trouble and he rescued them. And it goes on. It says he leads them to safety, a place where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. It goes on and it talks about satisfying the thirsty and filling the hungry with good things. But then it reverts again and it goes, some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in the iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the word of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. But then it, it talks about him breaking them. Okay, But then in verse 13 again, Lord help, they cried in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He led them from the darkest and the deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he broke down the prison gates of bronze. He cut apart their bars of iron. Some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. And and it goes on. And then again, it repeats, Lord, help. They cry in their trouble and he saves them from from their distress. And so it goes on like this, and it it talks about drunkenness and being at their wits' end. Lord, help, they cried out in their trouble. He talks about calming the storm, bringing the blessing, and letting us praise the Lord again. It goes on, and it says he changes the rivers into deserts. He turns the springs of water into dry, thirsty land. He turns the fruitful land into salty wastelands. It goes on, but then, Lord, help. You see, verse 43, that psalm ends with, those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see the history of the faithful love of our Lord. Paul and Silas in that moment, even after being falsely accused, they were standing on who God is in the history that they had with him, the goodness, and with that. Even in the midst of the false accusations and the pain, they went into praise, which shifted the atmosphere. So if you have been falsely accused and you feel like you're doing the right thing, you're just walking along, go to pray. There's some demon on your back right behind you, shouting out, trying to wreak havoc. You need to know that God has the bigger plan. God has the full plan. Our job in the midst of that is to stay tuned to him. That's our job. Okay. What the demon wants to do is to get us to so focus on him that we actually get discouraged. Now, remember, they just went on, they went on, and then Paul got so so just done with it that he went and did deliverance, and then that girl was set free. There's a time to do deliverance. But notice, they still had a hefty price that they had to pay price, okay? But God was in control. What the demonic means for destruction, even what people mean for destruction, like the owners, God can ultimately use it for good because of who he is. The challenge for us is to make that transition quickly into the worship so that our focus is where it needs to be. So I really want to encourage you because I know that some of you guys, you've been doing the right things. You've been like Paul and Silas, you've been walking along the pray and You just feel like you're getting attacked, that, that there's something trying to drag along with you. And I want to encourage you to keep your focus. If you need to do some deliverance, ask the Lord about it. Listen to him, okay? If you do it out of frustration, you know, we're going to trust he's going to have your back. But even if there's false accusations, even if the accusations are stirred up against you, keep your focus. Even if it looks like even though you're doing the right thing, everything is coming out wrong. God's got the final say. Remember that he has the final say. He is worthy of all praise. Those those chains are coming off today. Prison doors are coming open in the name of Jesus. I just decree and declare that some of those things that have held you captive, as you begin to worship, there's gonna be a spiritual earthquake and those chains are gonna come off. What the demonic has tried to use to hold you back does not have the power and authority to keep you from the God ordained plans and purposes that he has for your life. So I really want to, to, to encourage you to worship today. Whatever's going on, just place it there. How, however much pain you're in physically, emotionally, wherever you're at, just really begin to go and worship and shift that focus. Because like I said, today is the day. Chains are coming off, prison doors are being opened. People are being set free and it doesn't just impact you, it impacts the ones around you. And you know what? The jailer would have been the one who shackled Paul and Silas, I would imagine, okay, or at least gave the order. And yet in the end, he was one of the very ones, he and his family were set free. you never know as you decide to worship, as you make that choice, who around you will be set free as a result of the choice you make to focus on the most high god. Again, thank you for joining me today. Visit the website RuthHendrickson.org. Um if you're listening to this on Real Truth with Ruth, which is our podcast, please rate, review and tell others about it. Share it on your social media page or whatever, you know, a podcast. And then also if you're if you're listening in on Facebook or YouTube, please feel free to share it, tell others about it. We want to see, I'll tell you, we we there is so much frustration right now. And you know what? You and I, we, we carry the key of freedom. We do. We carry it. And we want to get it out there to the world. So again, thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you again soon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org.